Welcome to Risho Kosekai International of North America. We are grateful for the opportunity and happy to share with you the Dharma Dojo lecture series called Zen and the Art of the Lotus Sutra Practice with Masaki Matsubara. He earned a PhD in Asian religions from Cornell University. He taught at the Department of Religious Studies at UC Berkeley and was the BDK Fellow at the Ho Center for Buddhist Studies at Stanford University. He is now a visiting scholar in the East Asia program at Cornell and also a visiting lecturer at the Contemplative Studies at Brown University. Moreover, he serves as a visiting professor at Interfaculty Initiative in Information Studies at the University of Tokyo. He is the abbot of the Zen Temple Butsumoji in Chiba Prefecture, Japan. He currently resides in New York City. This is the sixth lecture out of eight recorded on April 11, 2021, titled Cultivating True Meditation. Good afternoon and good evening. I hope、um, everyone's staying safe and healthy. And here in、uh, New York, it is、um, very cloudy and raining. And yesterday was it, it was very hot. In the last two days, actually, it was hot. But uh, uh, night, and mo- night and morning, morning and night,、uh, temperature usually going down. So please take care of yourself. So, today,、um, I think it's very interesting to understand Hakuin's view of Lotus Sutra and also its practice in more details. <clears throat> Today's title is Cultivating True Meditation. Cultivating True Meditation. But this term, meditation, doesn't mean Here,、um, uh, sitting quietly or、uh, very specific spiritual technology like that. Here,、um, meditation here meditation means more close to one of the、uh, eight hold paths.、Uh, it's kind of a、uh, true mindfulness here. So, First, let's think about what, what does it mean by true meditation. <clears throat> Hakuin said in Japanese, shonen kufu. In English, Jan Polsky translated it into、uh, true meditation. Shonen kufu is Hakuin's own word. It's not Um, universal terminology、uh, used in Mahayana Buddhism in general. This is Hakuin's word. But Shonen Kufu,、uh, Nen means smurti in Sanskrit and Sati in Pali. In English, it means mindfulness or to remember. So, It is interesting、um, to think about this term when 
name is used for similarity or sati or mindfulness, remembering. But what does that mean, really? What does that mean, really? It also means, I said earlier, to remember. So when it is a technique of attentional training, again, when it is a technique of attentional training, it means something like remembering to return to the focus of your attention in a given period of meditation. Therefore, shonen kufu, true meditation means truly remembering to return to the focus of your attention in a given period of meditation. This remembrance includes, of course, other spiritual techniques, uh, sitting quietly, let's say, uh, sitting meditation, zazen, zen meditation, also reciting odaimoku as well. Reciting odaimoku as well. So today, we will think about this term, shonen kufu, true meditation. In other words, how we can use true meditation in our daily life. How Hakuin uh, emphasize inf uh, the importance of true meditation and how it is possible to practice force. Let's think about those questions. Let me start with brief review of Hakuin's understanding of Myoho Renjikyo, the Lotus Sutra. <clears throat> this is the same panel from the last weeks, previous weeks. For Hakuin, uh, Lotus Sutra is a sutra of Sutra on Mind. He said the five characters in its title, Myoho Renjikyo, are reduced to the two characters, Myoho, wondrous law, and the two characters, Myoho, return to the one word, mind, in Japanese, Kokoro. Here, in this Buddhist context, or let's say a Mahayana context, mind, Kokoro, means Buddha's mind. Buddha's mind means in Japanese, bushin. And in the Mahayana context, bushin means, or uh, bushin is identical with idea of Buddha nature, busho. So when the Heart Sutra, sorry, excuse me, not Heart Sutra, Lotus Sutra, <laughs> When the Lotus Sutra talks about the Buddha's mind, Bushin, it means also Buddha nature, Bushin. In fact, in the end, Hakuin said this, outside the mind, there is no Lotus Sutra. And outside the Lotus Sutra, there is no mind. What Hakuin want to say here is that 
the Lotus Sutra is a sutra on mind. Mind identical with the Buddha nature. That is the main topic of the Lotus Sutra. So then our question is, what does it mean by Buddha nature? And how it is possible to train it? In Zen tradition, the tradition calls Busho uh, as seeing one's own nature. Seeing one's own nature, which means literally in Japanese, Kensho. So seeing one's own nature means finding one's Buddha nature. Seeing one's own nature means finding one's Buddha nature. And those two things <clears throat> are the purpose of cultivating true meditation, shonen kufu. In other words, seeing one's own nature and finding one's Buddha nature, those are the same thing. That is the purpose of why we sit quietly, why we decide sutras, why we decide odaimok, shonen kufu techniques. Then our question is, how we can train it? When is the best time to do it? Hakuin said, it's a very interesting idea. Hakuin said, <clears throat> techniques of shonen kufu or true meditation can be, can be best conducted in our daily life, not necessarily in a temple or in, in the middle of the mountain. We don't need to go there. Every single moment of our everyday life can be a time, best time for conducting, cultivating uh, true meditation techniques. <clears throat> in fact, Hakuin said this, Practice concentrated in activity is a hundred, a thousand, even a million times superior to practice done in a state of inactivity. Again, <clears throat> practice concentrated in activity is a hundred, a thousand, even a million times superior to practice done in a state of inactivity. The term practice concentrated in activity means in Japanese, dochu no kufu. You can say meditation in activity. Meditation concentrated in activity. That is a dochu no kufu. 
Opposite from that, <coughs> the practice done in a state of inactivity. That means in Japanese, dochu no kufu, sorry, jochu no kufu. For example, jochu no kufu includes just quietly sitting in a temple, <laughs> Zen meditation. That is a jochu no kufu. Dochu no kufu is a, the practice found in our actions, in our everyday labors, when we are cooking, when we are cleaning, when we are walking, when we are speaking, when we are walking, um, when we are um, riding on the bus, <coughs> or uh, when we are going to school, or whatever. During, in the middle of the actions, we can, we can find um, best meditative practice. That is Hakuin's point. So please think about <clears throat> Odaimoku as well. Odaimoku is not only a practice you can do in a kyokai or a temple. You can do Odaimoku when you are walking. You can, you can do Odaimoku practice when you are cooking, when you are taking shower. Anytime, that is a dochu no kufu. Practice concentrated in activity. Hakuin insists insist the importance of the practice concentrated in activity more than the practice done in a state of inactivity. <clears throat> For example, Hakuin said this. Um, is there someone who can volunteer to read this? Sure. Thank you. Meditation in myth, myth of activity is immeasurably superior to the quietest approach. I'm not trying to tell you to discard completely quiet, quietistic meditation and to seek, to seek specifically for a place of activity in which to carry out your practice. However, for penetrating to the depth of one's own true self-nature and for attaining our vitality valid on all occasions, nothing can surpass meditation in the midst of activity. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for reading this, Cornelia, for your volunteer. <clears throat> this is very direct uh, <clears throat> voice from Hakuin. <clears throat> Here, Hakuin said, meditation in the middle of activity. That means in the previous panel, um, he said the practice concentrated in activity. This, those two are same meaning, just uh, uh, different translators. Uh, this was translated by Jan Polsky. The earlier one was um, 
translated by a scholar uh, Wardell Norman. Norman. So, um, but the basically same thing. <laughs> For example, quiestic meditation. That is uh, Jan Polsky's uh, trans, uh, translation for, for Waddell uh, practice done in a state of inactivity. So Hakuin clearly said, interestingly, meditation and activity is much superior than um, the practice in inactivity. So here is a, um, Example, for Hakuin, just sitting uh, quietly in the temple, that is important, of course, but um, working outside our physical labors, those are much more uh, important and better works uh, than just quietly sitting in the temple. So that is Hakuin's point. That is Hakuin's point. <clears throat> in fact, it is interesting examples of when we look at thousands of Zen texts, especially focusing on Rinzai Zen, because those texts uses koan practice. Do you remember koan? Koan. Um, all of the Rinzai text clearly shows that there is no zero enlightenment experience achieved by just sitting in a temple. Most of, the, most of the masters who attained their enlightenment had uh, their enlightenment moment when they are walking outside or inside. For example, one master, uh, he was just sweeping the garden and when sweep the accidentally uh, small rocks and then the rocks hit the wall and the rocks makes the sound, then the master immediately enlightened, just like that. <clears throat> Can you say that again, please? For example. <laughs> just the, the part with the rocks in the master. Yeah, so one master, was sweeping a garden and accidentally the master sweep the small lock and that lock is hit to a wall 
And of course, there was a sound. And with that sound, the master achieved his enlightenment. It's not just sitting like this, and then finally, aha, we have never seen such a story in thousands of Rinzai Zen texts in the past. And next one. The Hakuin said, the power of the wisdom attained by practicing meditation in the world of desire is like the lotus that rises from fire. It can never be destroyed. This does not mean that one should sink into the world of desire. What I am saying is that even though one is in the midst of the desires and the objects of the senses, one must be possessed of a mind receptive to purity, as the lotus is unstained by the mud from which it grows. I think most of you very, uh, very familiar to the uh, metaphor of the lotus. The lotus uh, is growing up from the mud. But here, it's very interesting uh, metaphor of the lotus that rises from fire. Obviously, fire is used for representing the desire. We can, we can see every day. So for Hakuin, in the middle of such uh, desires, if we really do shonen kufu, true meditation, that has a lot of power to bring. For him, that is a true meditation. So, directly or indirectly, Hakuin saying here the importance of practice in our daily life. Our daily life is the best platform for our Bodhisattva path. That is, that is Hakuin's point. <clears throat> and Hakuin also says, even should you live in the forest or the wilderness, eat one meal a day and practice the way both day and night, it is still difficult to devote yourself to purity in your works. How much harder must it be then for one who lives with his wife and relatives amid the dust and tumults of this busy life? 
But if you do not have the eye to see into your own nature, you will not have the slightest chance of being responsible to the teaching, Buddha's teaching, the law of Buddha, Bupo. Therefore, Bodhidharma has said, if you wish to attain the Buddha way, or Bodhisattva way, you must first see into your own nature. This is a pretty direct statement here. Again, our daily life is the best platform for our practice. That is Hakuin's point. People might say, oh, for the practice, we have to go to a temple. Oh, we have to go, we have to retreat in the mountain. No. Your place, be here now in our daily life. That is the best place to practice. That is Hakuin's point. Whatever the conditions are, even whether monks or lay people, forest or temples or kyokais, most important element we have to hold all the time for practice is, Hakuin said, having the eye to see into your own nature. You have to have strong aspiration for seeing into your own nature, strong aspiration for finding your own Buddha nature. That is the highest motivation, most important element to do, to conduct our bodhisattva path, bodhisattva practice. Lay people, monks, doesn't matter. Temples, kyokais, in the middle of the mountains, in the middle of the city, it doesn't matter. Most important, the matter is to have your eyes to see into your own nature. That is important. It means, for example, I cannot, I, if I say, oh, I, I cannot zazen, zen meditation in the middle of in New York City. I have to go back to my temple in the middle of the mountain. That's wrong. Meditation in New York City, meditation in Tokyo, Meditation in Ithaca, meditation in San Francisco, meditation in Hokkaido, meditation in Tokyo, all the meditations are same. More example can be given. For our Odaimok practices, we can do, of course, Odaimok before Dharma Dojo. Of course, we can do at Kyokais, but we can also do uh, Odaimoku, can do Odaimoku at Starbucks. 
The same odaimoku. Ma, those are must, those must be the same odaimoku. We can't change our attitude, our evaluation, our judgment to our practice. Everywhere we are, our practice is the same. Then Hakuin said, this way of seeing into one's own nature in Japanese kendo is what the Lotus Sutra describes when it says, this sutra is difficult to hold to. Should someone cherish it even for a short while, I and all the Buddhas will rejoice for it. Here, the Lotus Sutra speaks of the vital importance of true meditation. So, <clears throat> what Hakuin wants to say is that <clears throat> the point of Lotus Sutra is to find one's Buddha nature. And the practice can be found in our daily life. Let me go back quickly the previous description. One thing I forgot to mention, <clears throat> which is very important. Here, it seems like Hakuin supporting uh, lay, lay, lay people's practice, right? Lay practice. This is true. Hakuin want to say, monks are not only people who can conduct bodhisattva practice. They people can also do. So this is Hakuin's strong support for lay practice. So please just remember that. Now, Hakuin said, Lotus Sutra has a good example. And now I want to show the example. For example, Lotus Sutra chapter 21, it says, world honored one, after the Buddha has passed away, we will widely, uh, widely expand this sutra. Why is this? We ourselves also wish to attain this truly pure great teaching in order to receive, embrace, lead, recite, expound, copy, and pay homage to it. This line is very important and very famous. And actually, you can see very familiar line like this throughout the Lotus Sutra. Lotus Sutra recommend you to receive the sutra, embrace the sutra, read the sutra, recite the sutra, copy the sutra, and pay homage to the sutra. There are two points we have to make sure here. One is that receiving the sutra, embracing the sutra, reading the sutra, Deciding the sutra, copying the sutra, paying homage to the sutra, expanding the sutra. 
all the, the purpose of these practices, um, as a purpose, the purpose of these practices is to find your Buddha nature. That is the one point. Second point is that basically you need to practice uh, without any interruption. You have to continue to practice receiving, embracing, leading, deciding, expanding, copying, and paying homage to the Sutta, which means you have to continue to practice the Sutra all the time. Those two are important things to be pointed out. <clears throat> then, big question here. Um, can I ask someone to read this? Yes. How can one penetrate to the true face of the lotus? What is being pointed out when we speak of the true face, face of the lotus? It is the wondrous law of the one mind with which you yourself are endowed from the outset. It is nothing more than to see into your own mind rather than read all the works in the... Toripitaka? Thank you. <laughs> See the true lotus wants. Rather than build countless treasures, stupas. See the true lotus wants. Rather than make a million statues of the Buddha. See the true lotus wants. Rather than master the mysteries of the three worlds. See the true lotus wants. Rather than adhering to the view that holding the yellow stroll with its red handles is the practice of the Lotus Sutra. See the true Lotus once. Rather than recite the Lotus Sutra a billion times, see the true Lotus once with your own Dharma eye. This is truly a lofty, lofty statement of complete truth and instructability. How can we obtain this true Lotus? If you are a practitioner of the Lotus Sutra, then you must devote yourself into Lotus Samadhi, despite happiness and pain, sadness and joy, whether asleep or awake, standing or reclining, by reciting without interruption the title of the Sutra alone, reverence to the Lotus of the Wondrous Law, Namo Myoho Renge Kyo. Recite it without ceasing Recite it without ceasing with intense devotion and continue your constant recitation. This is the true meditation for you. Excuse me, this is the true meditation for you. You will see right before you in the place where you stand, the true face, face of the lotus, and at once your body and mind will drop off. The true unlimited, eternal, perfected Tathagata will manifest himself clearly before your eyes. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Margo. Thank you. <clears throat> so this is very important and very interesting description. 
of Hakuin's understanding of Lotus Sutra. So for Hakuin, whatever the um, practice are, the most important thing is to find one's own Buddha nature, to see one's own self nature. That is most important thing. And that is the first condition for conducting the uh, Lotus Sutra practice. And in order to do it, in order to do it, you have to recite the Lotus Sutra devotedly, single-mindedly, without instant thought. That serious devotion is required to see one's own nature. And in the end, Hakuin said that when you, when you enter the Lotus Samadhi, let's say high concentration of reciting the Sutra, I mean, uh, uh, Odaimoku, your Buddha nature will automatically appearing, uh, will be appearing in front of you in such a high concentration, you will recognize the nature of your Buddha nature. Again, Hakuin emphasizes the importance of serious devotion to decide the Lotus Sutra, even without any more instant thought in order to see who you are, to find your Buddha nature. So that's why a queen painted as an artist, the portrait of Bodhidharma left side. Hakuin produced many pieces of Bodhidharma paintings like this. But Hakuin doesn't mean because Bodhidharma is a founder of Zen tradition, that's why he painted, he produced the Bodhidharma painting. That's wrong. The reason Hakuin painted the Bodhidharma is look at Bodhidharma's eyes. It's very strict, very strong. We have to have such strong, serious devotion to a practice, true meditation, like Odaimaku or sitting meditation, whatever. This 
serious phase of Bodhidharma we can see, we can find, is represented as how important we have to devote ourselves seriously, devotedly to Odaimoku practice or true meditation. In order to do that, have to give advice. That is a life side again. He said, practice concentrated in activity is a hundred, a thousand, even a million times superior to practice done in a state of inactivity. You don't need to wait to have a retreat. You don't need to wait a time to go to a temple or a church or a kyokai. Be here now. The place you are standing right now, that is the best platform for your practice. Be here now is a platform. Hakuin said, Emisan, can you read this? Yes. Just under all circumstances, cast aside all things. Become without thought and without mind and in tone. And end in tone. Reverence to the lotus of the wondrous law. If you think that this old monk has any Dharma principle better than, better than this to write of, you are ter terribly mistaken. Reverence the lotus of the wondrous law. Although this long, tedious letter may be difficult to read, please show it to others at your hermitage. I have written it in the hope that it will also serve as the almsgiving of the Dharma. I wish that you will, without fail, see the ultimate principle, the wondrous law of your own mind, with the wish that you will continue to intone ceaselessly the title, Reverence the Lotus of the Wondrous Law. It is very powerful and interesting description. Again, Hakuin is a Zen master, but at the same time, Hakuin is a devoted practitioner of the Lotus Sutra. From this description, it is clear that Hakuin used at his temple for his practitioners, used Lotus Sutra or Daimok practice as well, because it worked better, <laughs> probably. And Hakuin insists that we need to continuously practice Nammyo Horenge Kyo, Nammyo Horenge Kyo, single mindedly without any instant thought. Nammyo Horenge Kyo, Nammyo Horenge Kyo. Thank you very much. So I have uh, 10 minutes for questions, concerns, or comments. So floor is open, so um, 
I think many of you probably uh, are surprised because this was written by Zen master Hakuin. And, but the description showed how Hakuin, how serious Hakuin was as a, a lotus practitioner. Excuse me. Yes. I have a question, please. I, um, I may be totally out of line, but I'm still thinking this is wonderful about the Daimoku. I still have that, that thought of that one hand making the koan, the use, yes, the one hand, the sound of the one hand. And I had thought, and I maybe not in the right place, but I'd like to ask you if this is the, I was, um, your opinion of what I thought. My, I'm sorry, just a lot of noise here. My husband had a stroke about, um, it's been about four years ago. And he was very lucky, we were very fortunate. It was a destiny disguise that he, he had a stroke on the uh, right side, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, so that his left side is paralyzed, but his right side is not. And also his faculty, uh, um, mental faculty is just, you know, has not been affected. He just had a lot of speech therapy and all that that he had to go through, but he's able to use his right hand. And uh, I was thinking about what you said. I was thinking, well, what is the right hand? It sounded right hand, and I thought of all kinds of things. But after I left the session, it suddenly occurred to me. Now, for me, I thought the sound of the one hand is the sound of my husband doing things. He was active and doing things. He was, that was the, the only way he could do anything, but he was able to do things. And whenever I think of him using the, his right hand, I'm always so grateful. And um, really, since he had the stroke, we have stroke, We've had so many wonderful, I've had so many wonderful, um, grateful things that I've been able to experience. And for me, the sound of the right hand is something that I could be grateful about. The sound of my hand is that he is, he is doing fine, that, you know, um, and so for me, even when I, Thought about it. I thought, well, let me meditate and think of the sound of the one hand as my husband's hand. And when I did that, I just felt there was an overwhelming feeling of um, calm and happiness and gratitude. And I don't know if that is one way of applying the sound of one hand. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was the right way, but for me, it worked. It was, I just, I felt more grateful for the teaching. I felt, um, I just knew, I've, I've been very grateful actually, since he's had uh, his, uh, there's been a lot of great things that happened within our family and 
we've just been, it's just been such a blessing. Talk about blessing, guys, in Japan, Japanese, they say, uh, you know, it was, it was, could have been, it could have been worse, terrible, but actually for us, it was a blessing. So I don't know if that's a way of possibly applying the sound on one hand, or is it just, you know, kind of a weird way of applying it, and it's not the way I should be applying it, or it's just one of the ways that I could apply the corn. That's my question. Thank you. If possible. First of all, what you are doing as a practice, taking care of your husband, is exactly what Hakuin said as a practice in the middle of activity. <sighs> that is exactly Hakuin said. Thank you. Thank you. And second thing is, the shortest answer to your question, uh, uh, whatever works for you, that is the best. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. You said a line. You, you said you recognize that in a moment. Hakuin's one hand and your husband's hand are the same. And your hand and your husband's hand are the same. And that is very important state of mind. That is a kind of the answer of the core. You, the, the answer of the core is becoming a one. Becoming a one in Japanese, narikiru. For example, your husband problem is your problem. And your problem is also your husband problem. That becoming one is very important. That's why I was so moved and impressed when you said Hakuin's one hand is becoming your husband's hand. Your husband's hand becoming one with Hakuin's hand, right? <clears throat> People, we are growing up. As we have more experiences, we have educations. We have a lot of uh, knowledge as we are growing up. That is a good thing, certainly. But at the same time, because of those accumulated experiences and knowledges, we have a lot of tools in many levels, judgment, evaluation, and or uh, critics. Hakuin's koan is a tool to get rid of all the accumulated so far 
knowledges and experiences in many levels. And try to go back to our, our days as a child, like babies. That is the purpose of doing Hakuin's koan. When you are asked Hakuin's koan, maybe you immediately start to think about the answer logically. What does it mean? How can I make a sound? What does it mean? Can, is it possible to stop the sound? We try to use all our experiences and knowledge to answer the question. But at the same time, those all the experiences and knowledges interrupt our pure mind inherently programmed. So, Hakuin's koan is basically to get rid of all other extra thinking. Try to become one with the sound of the one hand. Narikiru with the sound of the one hand. That is the answer. You don't need to think about how can I get the sound? What's the sound? Is there any color on the sound? You don't need to think about it. Just becoming a one with the sound of the one hand. This is a idea of lotus samadhi. When you are single-mindedly doing, reciting odaimoku, your mind is becoming one with odaimoku. That is the purpose of odaimoku. Whenever you achieve that level of odaimoku practice, you are doing that at the kyokai, you are doing that practice at the Starbucks, same odaimoku, period. Same quality. So, becoming a one, that is the answer to the koan. When you recite the odaimoku, become one with odaimoku. If you try to understand um, your husband's feeling, you need to become a one with your husband, right? So that becoming a one, that is very important point. Sorry, I talk too much, I think. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> because it's very good question, so uh, time flies. So, uh, uh, yes, Diane, uh, yes. 
Yes, this is Roger. Uh, I think of uh, Nichiren as being the primary proponent of the use of the Odaimoku. Who came first, Nichiren or Hakawan? That's a history question, I guess. I, I'm not aware of that. Um, first of all, Nichiren is a 13th century Buddhist monk. Hakuin is a 17th, 18th century. I think uh, Hakuin said in Hakuin's time, many people, uh, they are, it, it's very popular to fighting each other uh, among the sectarian schools. So Hakuin, Hakuin, um, not protecting, just a Hakuin said, like seeing right idea, uh, Odaimoku is also very effective, very strong tool to find one's self nature, in the Buddha nature. At the time, like uh, uh, Tendai uh, offense, the uh, uh, Shingon or Shingon offended Zen, and Zen offended uh, Puerland, Puerland offended uh, Nichiren. It's a mess. So Hakuin tried to have his fair view, and Odaimoku is basically the same practice. And it's very powerful practice, he said. Okay, so give me one minute for doing meditation. So straighten your back and take a deep breath. Slowly breathe in and much more slowly breathe out. Slowly breathe in. Much more slowly breathe out. Here as well. We are single-mindedly focusing on breathing in, breathing out. Single-mindedly focusing on breathing in, breathing out. No need to think about the past. No need to think about the future. Just concentrate on being here now. Being here now, slowly breathe in. Much slowly breathe out.
We don't need to think about what happened in this morning. We don't need to think about what's going on. Just concentrate on being here now. It is in this moment that we can recognize we are living in the moment. Happiness can be found in such a recognition. Slowly breathe in, much slowly breathe out. Open your eyes. Thank you very much. This concludes lecture number six of the Dharma Dojo series titled Cultivating True Meditation by Reverend Dr. Masaki Matsubara. Risho Kosei Kai International of North America offers classes on Buddhism, free lectures, hosts online gatherings, and practices chanting. Be the first to know by signing up for our weekly newsletter at www.arkina.org. We are a nonprofit Buddhist organization and is supported entirely by your contributions. You play a key role to help us spread the Dharma. Your generous donations and memberships support us in bringing you more interesting and inclusive events and programs that shares the Dharma for all. If you have any questions or topic requests for a future podcast show, please reach out to us at info at arkina.org. We would love to hear from you. Thank you very much for listening and being part of the Risho Kosei Kai global movement to bring peace to our families, communities, countries, and to the world. <music>